Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the first ever emergency episode of the Better Up podcast. Fantastic. We now have rosters for the Atlanta Braves. They were last to release their roster of anybody in Major League Baseball. Had everybody kind of somewhat nervous because of reasons that the Nationals didn't release their roster because of Juan Soto testing positive for COVID-19. But it looks like everybody is present and accounted for on the Braves, and as are we. Willie P. here with you. Joe Patrick, are you present and accounted for? Willie P., you sound like you were on that energy of somebody who had a 40-minute nap today. That's fantastic. (laughs) I'm there, baby. Caleb Johnson, hello, sir. What's going on? Yes, I did have a 40-minute nap today because I'm, I'm... invigorated by the fact that we about 24 hours after this recording will actually have live baseball to watch and see Uh, Mm -hmm. as I said the 30 man active roster has been released for the Atlanta Braves Uh, initial looking at it the only thing that would surprise me Joe is the pitchers that made it and the pitchers that didn't it's not that we thought that anybody who didn't make it was deserving but it's amazing how Maybe to use this term, cutthroat, the Braves were, Joe, when it came to the way that they organized that pitching staff. Yeah, and uh, you know, Caleb mentioned that they actually ended up going with 16-14 instead of 13-17 in terms of carrying how, how many pitchers they were going to carry. I think a lot of us were erring on the side of or you know, saying that if they're going to do anything, it would probably more, be more likely that they go 17 pitchers just because it's kind of the safer route to go, but... You know, there have been some things that have forced their hand throughout this process in terms of the opt-outs and things like that, the the COVID situations um, that have put things in flux. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty interesting roster release, uh, especially considering that they've just picked up two guys <laughs> in the last couple of days with Matt Adams and Yoli Chassin, who are both on this thing, who we weren't talking about a week ago. So um, kind of a different roster, I think, than than some of us were expecting. But uh, and also, I want to say Johan Camargo is a guy who's been battling with injury. I thought they might keep him off of this initial roster, just give him some more flexibility with some guys that they would want to carry early in the season, and just have Austin Riley start the season at third base and let him keep hold that down for just at least a little bit. But um, good, I guess that's good to see that Johan is uh, actually going to be involved. It means that he's probably going to be healthy and available to to play some in these early games. Yeah, Caleb, the uh, Yonder Alonso experience did not uh, did not work. Well, sure, it didn't work. I think it was more so of the fact of bringing big city Matt Adams back to Atlanta where he, you know, I just, I love the fact that I slightly called that one. As soon as the, as soon as the news broke, 
that the Mets or that he had parted way with the Mets. I forgot how that exactly went down. I think he asked for his release. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he notified. So he said that the Mets told him that he was not going to be involved. Okay. And so I don't know exactly what that means, but something like yeah. And it's I'm like, sure he yeah. was like, "Oh, rats." Yeah, but it was one of those that obviously Braves fans have a very fond memories of him being here. I mean, he pushed Freddie Freeman to third base. If right. if there was ever a stranger time for Atlanta, I mean, in the in the recent future, that was yeah. definitely it. And and so yeah, the fact that he was out there and available, I was like, well, this just seems like an automatic fit. Even though Alonzo was with the team, I'm sure the Braves there was there was no real exact fondness with with Yonder Alonzo. And so yeah, bringing Matt Adams back over, especially this, I think being a, a, a different way of thinking as is the sixteen fourteen split of the roster of we are no longer in the old days of the national league. We yeah. are in the new national league where we have a designated hitter and you have to think that way. And so that ends up with, with numbers, you know, where you're, you're carrying more, uh, more fielders and guys who are going to produce offensively. And Matt Adams is going to be one of those guys especially when he does things like he did a couple of nights ago where we have a, a walk-off situation. And as I tweeted out, and I got a, um, a a little bit of grief for it, is I'm sure Braves fans are totally not going to overreact to the fact that Matt Adams is walking off a game. <laughs> but it is, it's exciting. Like, it's it's fun to, to be back, to, to actually be talking about baseball happening in the first place. And, and then this Braves team that, that I think's put together a solid initial active roster. It, the Matt Adams thing, first of all, he is he's the profile that the Braves needed in this situation, yes. right? He kind of fits everything. He can mm-hmm. play he plays at first base, he can play some outfield, he can he, you know, he hits left-handed. And also, it's not surprising that the Braves would go out and try to make a move like this. They did something very similar last year at right at the end of spring training with Matt Joyce, you know, the Alex Anthopoulos seems to like kind of picking these little pieces of, of role players that are, you know, leaving other teams or other teams are putting on waivers or whatever it is. Obviously it's not the same situation this year with the, you know, COVID season kind of putting, putting a different process on everything, but it's the same kind of idea where, where you're um, picking up a profile of, of something that you need. Last year it was Matt Joyce, who, who was a guy who Brian Snicker just said, there's nothing that special about Matt <laughs> Joyce, but he can hit fastballs. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like sometimes that's all you need, and and you can be a really productive, useful player for a team like that. And like you said, in the kind of the new NL, there's even more of a role I think for someone like like Adams. Does this represent a departure of type though from Alex Anthopoulos? Like we have been hearing the entire time throughout summer camp that uh, they weren't going to go with a prototypical DH; that it was going to be more of a rotational thing, and it could still be that way. But I mean, I'm almost feeling like. 30, 40, 50%, maybe, you know, all those games. I'm thinking you put Adams at the DH spot, you just leave him there, no? I don't think so initially. I mean, it's definitely, I think it's for Alex Anthopoulos, it's got to be one of those scenarios where he just didn't see this happening. I, I mean, this Matt Adams being available wasn't an option, like we said, until just a few days ago. And, and so Anthopoulos could have had an idea of how he wanted things to go. And I still think initially we'll see, we'll see within the first two weeks, a a couple of different guys, maybe four different guys in that DH spot, just to simply kind of figure out, Hey, 
who hits well and who kind of struggles with the fact that they're just sitting in the dugout all game and, and getting up for those, uh, for those single appearances. And, and Snit, when, when I was at the game yesterday and in, in the post game, he was talking about how he's still concerned about uh, when this season starts, just about the physical nature of it and how his guys yeah. are going to be able to handle it. You know, it's like these guys didn't have six weeks to normally prepare like they like they would, and they got off to a really tough start with 20 games right in a row straight off the bat. So I think that the more guys you can have who can rotate through the lineup, I think we're going to see rotation um, with the DH to kind of help take the physical pressure off of some guys. And, and so I, I think that having a guy like Matt Adams is going to be really useful in that situation because he's so versatile. He can play different positions. He can do, he can, he can, you know, bring things to the team that you wanted that you thought you were going to probably get out of a guy like Nick Marcakis. Let's be honest. Like, you know, a lot of those things Matt Adams brings. Um, and so I think, yeah, it, it makes a, a ton of sense. How weird was it being there, Joe? It was strange. Um, I got to say that the, the, what really got me was the, the piped in crowd noise. And yeah. It actually so a couple things. One is, in my opinion, it sounds actually pretty realistic. The only times where it doesn't sound realistic are like the reactions from like when there's a a home run or you know a big hit. Uh, you don't get that same kind of like pop from the crowd where it's like oh you know like when you like really let loose. You know we we all know what it's like to be a fan there. So you don't kind of get that same kind of crescendos. And then it was also hilarious to me at the end of the game because. When you're in there, at first you hear the crowd noise and you recognize it as being piped in through the sound. But then, like when you're there for an hour, you just kind of forget. You you forget that it's being. You're just listening to some recorded loop, and then you forget until they turn it off, <laughs> and it just turns off. Like all of a sudden, it's like wow, thirty thousand like people, unpl- like thirty thousand people it. just left the stadium. Yeah, at, at one time, and it gets <laughs> eerily silent. All of a sudden, as soon as it turns off, you can hear guys down on the field talking and stuff. It's pretty funny. One thing I won't miss if I end up having to cover a game is that a lot of times I've gone up there and, and, and used Uber just because parking at Truist park is a damn nightmare. <laughs> and I just always remember having these, these nightmares when it comes to trying to Uber or use rideshare based on the, uh, not just the, the setup that they have over there, but also just how much the surge is. Like, I think we were, uh, this was before I lived in Atlanta, we were staying uh, with a friend in East Atlanta and it was literally a like an eighty-two dollar one-way round trip. Ooh, that was eight-dollar Uber. Yeah, we didn't we didn't stay. I mean, we stayed for a little bit at uh, at Braves Live after that. It was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna stay a little bit. Eighty-two dollar one-way Uber. No thanks. Well, I'll let, walk. Let me tell you, parking is not a mess anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's like completely empty over there. It's, it's kind of surreal just walking around the stadium. So that's the thing. Is it is it like? At the battery, is it? Are there people there? Are people walking around? Is that because I know people were talking about? Oh, uh, you know, maybe people are going to buy up some of those uh, rooms at the Omni for no. They the first they series? have been. So that mm-hmm. that's one thing that I that I've already seen because it's one thing that my wife has already sent me on. Uh, she DM'd me a, a picture that she knows somebody else on Instagram who had rented a room at the huh. Omni right there and had the balcony view. And there's actually this city pass that you can buy. For the Omni Hotel pool, and the ah. pool, and the pool overlooks. I do know the, that for a fact. Yeah, it overlooks the field, and I think it's like a thirty dollar day pass kind of deal. And so we've already had discussions of like, yeah, we'll we'll look at the schedule and and pick a game and, and see and and go out there and actually watch some games. 
for other fans, they can do the whole thing. The Braves, much like many other baseball teams, and I think the Korean Baseball League was the first to have the idea of you pay $50 and you get your face put on a seat behind home plate, and mm-hmm. they're going to they're going to go through people uh, for the for the opening weekend series. I know for sure that'll have Braves fans right behind the dugout where they can see themselves. I can say one thing uh, as having watched a game from that uh, <laughs> from that Omni pool. Yeah, the 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 pass is thirty dollars, but uh, you'll feel like you spent money on an actual ticket after you uh, buy food and beverage. <laughs> yeah, for the entirety of a nine inning hey, baseball game. Hey, hey, well, don't put it past me with you know me and Caitlin with a couple of Ziploc bags or something like that, you know, and I'll bring my binoculars with me and I'll be good to go. You got a it's a nice pool. It's a very nice pool. <laughs> reminds me that. of uh reminds me of Angels in the Outfield. When they're in the tree and the and the guy's like, You better pay for that tree. You better yeah. have tickets for that tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you better have tickets for that tree. Love it. Well the Cubs the over So the Cubs yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Cubs are doing the really smart thing. You know that uh the, the bar rooftops. that's across yeah. the the rooftop yeah. bar that's across the street. They're selling tickets like it's a regular season, <laughs> and and so the, hey, you can probably mark them up higher because yeah, you've got the sure. only you've got the only fan view so of the, the ballpark. Have a, a similar situation to where the Braves do, where they they basically turn the area around their ballpark into a mixed use development area, and they just got done building apartments that are basically beyond left field of Bush Stadium, and they literally they were having trouble selling them. Well, once they came out that they were, you <laughs> yeah. know, yeah, not having fans in the stands, those got gobbled up like that because people so, now have a view. Well, the other thing that I was going to ask you, uh, Joe, about was being there. The one thing I did not expect, and I guess he's just one other guy on the, the like game day roster that you would kind of expect and kind of given that normalcy, is Matthew Kaminsky, the Braves organist, was was playing those like different tunes and things. Yeah. Um, and I've even seen on his Twitter page, he's setting up the typical like different set of tunes that'll throw off opposing batters coming to truest park. And I was, I was just like, that that's cool. Like, yeah, you figure that's just one of those, well, there's no fans there. So do they really need the organ player, especially when they can just play regular music? And it's like, I like that that little that little nice touch. Of- yeah, that's an mm-hmm. underrated touch, I think there, too. Yeah, and there are still lots of like the traditions. You know, they're still announcing the starting lineups for each team, um, which you don't really need to do since there's no you know there's no fans there, and you know we all everyone in the press box obviously has <laughs> knows what the lineups are going to be, but you still have got them being broadcast. And I, I I actually put a video on Twitter yesterday of it while they were doing the lineup. The PA announcer was doing the lineup announcements blooper the mascot is there like dancing yes. to the to, to, <laughs> yes. to the announcements like <laughs> so are we going to get like a tool race and the freeze there, so there was, yeah so there was none of that none Aww. none of that was there um they were like playing music but okay. there was none of the normal between inning entertainment I'll, but I'll maybe the, maybe, maybe that was just a pre-exhibition i'll take one zone. for the team i'll, I'll race the freeze yeah <laughs> for, like well i for just the, for the a i'll do it for the yeah. a <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like we the people, we need that. I, you know, I need to still be able to root for uh, fill the bucket to win the tool race and <laughs> and and for the freeze. I mean, you would think that they would potentially have some 
ability to like do some marketing based on that. Uh, yeah, you know, like they could actually sell some stuff. Well, that's one thing that we hadn't really touched on here is the fact of I don't know if you, Joe, if it was on the screen, uh, like on the TV screens within the press box, but for everyone watching at home, you saw these brand new advertisements mm-hmm. on the first and third base lines that I was like, huh. Instead of a, a nice opening day logo, you know, with the the some type of American flag, you know, configuration, it was advertisers. It was like Ford or something. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, that Yeah, that I think it was Scott's well. Scott's turf on one side and mm. Ford on the other. It was it was interesting. I I assume that's the direction we're headed. They're gonna mm-hmm. find a way to make that money back, Caleb. You, you, you best after after crying poor for however long those uh, negotiations made uh, made happen and all all that tomfoolery between the two sides. They're gonna find a way to make that money back. Yeah. Well, Sorry, the other one that I comment. found funny, <laughs> the other one that I found funny that I don't know how many people noticed because they tried to be a little subliminal with it is on the pitching mound. Yes. There was a little logo at the bottom right corner of the mound when they're showing that angle from behind the pitcher mm-hmm. i just i i found it funny i was like okay we're every little opportunity i'm surprised yeah, we're a, not selling advertisements on jerseys yet but yeah, they're, we're, we're they're getting push, close they're pushing the boundaries now and you can't like the normal people who would complain about that stuff are like eh, well this is what's letting me watch baseball yeah. so can't complain yeah. about it too much you know yeah, the, so. yeah the cubs had a situation where i think it was uh one of their big advertisers, Sloan, I think, was on the back side of the the mound at Wrigley Field, and it's like, I'm wondering if baseball, how long is it going to take for baseball peers to start complaining about this? But like you said, we are, we will have baseball. Uh, like I said, at this time Friday, we will be talking about the Braves and the Mets. Uh, before we get on to that first series and preview it, any any guys on the roster or not on the roster that surprise you? Because the one that looks to me is kind of surprising is. Uh, a guy like Bryce Wilson, like I find it weird that a guy like Tuki Toussaint uh, makes the roster after yep. basically missing the entirety of summer camp, and I think only throwing maybe like an inning like the other day in one of the inner squad games, and then he comes in and uh, makes the roster over a guy like Bryce Wilson who doesn't necessarily make any type of effort at all. You know, I, I just I feel like Wilson pitched his way out of the opening day roster, unfortunately for him, because he had plenty of opportunities handed to him on a plate to make that roster, not the pile on just him. Yeah, no, guys I like mean, that. I, agree, I agree with you on Wilson. I also agree with you on Tukey. He was the one that kind of jumped out at me. It's like, wow, he made it. Um, not that I don't think, didn't think he was going to come back eventually, but I just thought, you know, they, they can tweak these rosters over time. So um, I just was surprised he was making it right off the bat. But, you know, by all accounts, he came in in shape and he was able to throw while he while he was – um, suffering from COVID, so or he wasn't really suffering from COVID, which was fortunate for him. So um, I'm glad I'm glad that he made it because I think it shows that he's in sh- good enough shape and that the coaches have liked what they've seen from him that he'll be able to contribute right away. So that's a good sign. I think the one surprise uh, that surprised me that didn't make it was Tucker Davidson, just because I'd heard a lot about um, the way he seemed to be impressing uh, Rick, Rick Kranitz and, and Brian Snicker and the staff. Um, just so. Thought, thought thought he would make it, but you know. Uh, where do we have our breaking news sounder? Can we get do a breaking we? news sounder? Sure. We have a breaking news sounder. According to ESPN's Marley Rivera, the players' union has approved 
The agreement discusses Major League Baseball for expanded playoffs. So we will get 16. Only for the 2020 postseason, we will get 16 teams in the Major League Baseball postseason. Gentlemen, I'm glad they react. settled. I'm glad they settled that like two hours before uh, <laughs> the, the <laughs> right. first pitch of the season. <laughs> like, let's, uh, yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. Now I, we just now we just await where the where the Blue Jays are going to play. But it's like, yeah, <laughs> everything is coming together so last second here. It's funny. Well, and. You know, you're throwing on, I guess, the, the news day of Juan Soto is, you know, out of yep. the lineup in, in Washington, and now we've got expanded playoffs, which make a lot of sense because of all the chaos that's going to happen with a 60-game season, there are going to be really talented teams who might go through some struggles. The Braves could be one of those teams, you know, knock on wood, hopefully that they're not, uh, that might get a, an extra opportunity to, to make the playoffs and to prove they actually are a talented squad versus just being out of luck. And then with Toronto, it's so strange. Like Toronto's one of the teams the the Braves are going to be playing rather frequently this yeah. year. Yep. And it might all happen at Truist Park. I just the the idea first off going back to the Canada thing. I think everyone just glossed right over the fact that Canada kicked them out and and <laughs> and didn't really dive too much into that but it, it 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 infuriated me because Canada approved them going up there for the the quote unquote summer camp you know mm -hmm. training to get back ready for the season now my question for the Canadian government who recently at times I felt has done a better job than her own but that's a whole another set of issues is the fact that Canada approved playing the summer games but then did they just not think that the actual season was going to happen where where were we supposed to go with that it seems to me like it was a political um move yeah yeah <laughs> i was about to use another term to describe it that probably would have needed to be bleeped out but uh <laughs> yeah like i think they wanted to kind of swing their you know what's yeah yeah, you know. Well, I, I mean, in you fairness, say, you, that, you you're calling for a hoi polloi, a political hoi polloi. <laughs> it just it it didn't make any sense that you approve the practice, but then, well, what are they doing? What are they having practice for to to play actual games? And then, oh no 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 no, we don't want them traveling and having other teams travel here. And then Pennsylvania, we thought they were going to go to PNC Park and play where the Pirates play. And Pennsylvania was apparently claiming some sort of, you know, issues with health and all of these different things. And we're like, no, we're not doing it. And so as of right now, they don't have a home and are looking at having to play all of their games on the road, which seems like an easy frost them off the list of being any sort of contender this year. Yeah. And that's the thing is like none of these, like whether it's Canada or the state of Pennsylvania have or whatever. Them. There's no like benefit for them to. Uh, there's no incentive for them to have. Yeah. Them, yeah, for them to host them because it's not like they're going going being to get past the receipts or any sort of cut or around. you know anything like that. So it's only risk. It's only risk. So um, I, I think w when it comes to like why Canada wouldn't want them in the regular season, it probably has something to do with them like traveling back and forth across the border as opposed to the summer camp. They would have just stayed in the Canada area. But yeah, um, well, but it it's one of those. Yes, that all makes sense, but then don't approve them for the summer right. camp. Right. 
and because they they were they were playing Division, yes. at their their training facility down in Florida, in Florida, yeah, and and you would have think you know logistically they could have devised a plan at that point if Canada had just said no and figured something out either play there and I know the the players didn't want to play there because it's not up to par with major league facilities, but at least whether it was Buffalo or whether it was you know, Pittsburgh or, or wherever they were going to go, they could have figured that out a lot earlier than feeling confident with Canada giving the green light and then coming back and saying, no, actually, we don't want you here. Of course, looking at uh, the way things will play out for the Braves this weekend, they are in New York to take on the Mets beginning tomorrow evening, uh, tomorrow afternoon, I should say, Friday afternoon at 4.10. They'll play Saturday, and then, of course, Sunday night baseball against the Mets. It'll be Mike Soroka getting the opening day start against Jacob deGrom. Game two, we'll see a battle of lefties between Max Fried and Steven Matz, Rick Porcello, and Sean Newcomb, the matchup for <laughs> Sunday night baseball. ESPN, I'm sure, is glad they drew that one. Uh, Rick Porcello is still pitching. I know. That is crazy. That well, is and, crazy. and it's it's honestly, it's probably only for the pure fact that the Mets have no real pitching right now. I mean, they everyone keeps getting hurt. Yeah, they have no Marcus Stroman, no Robert Gazelman. Uh, Syndergaard is shelved because of Tommy John. So uh, there's a lot that uh, there's a lot that's not going right for them right now, but... That's their problem. And as far as I'm concerned right now, this is, I still think, a two-horse race between the Nationals and the Braves for the National League East. I will count the, I will not count the Phillies out, but I do think, and again, I'm not trying to garner any huge main predictors from the exhibition season, but they're going to have a hard time hitting, I think, the Mets. And I also feel like the Phillies in that ballpark, we've seen that the hitters have maybe started to take a little bit to uh, to this whole situation when it comes to playing in ballparks that don't have fans. I feel like we're going to see just a hitter's paradise even more than usual at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. Well, clearly you haven't been listening to John Morosi, who's saying that <laughs> Bryce Harper's got a new batting stance, is going to crush some homers for the Phillies. They're just yeah. hoping he lives up to that 330 contract. <laughs> no kidding. I think Bryce Harper could strike out 300 times in two months, don't you? <laughs> Please. I don't wouldn't, don't I wouldn't, you? I wouldn't doubt that him. Is, I that is this him. Braves fan's wish. Yeah, but it is interesting from the Braves' perspective that I do think now like they're really considered uh, a bona fide favorite or at least, you know, Maybe if if not a favorite, then definitely the second favorite in this division. Where I feel like the last two years they've just been well. Obviously, you know, in 2018, nobody was really thinking about them as a division winner, and then even last year, nobody was really thinking. People were thinking it was kind of flukish, right? Like nobody was really considering them again, especially when the Phillies had made all those moves they made to to add Bryce Harper and really strengthen their roster, and the Mets were getting some hype, and obviously the Nationals. So. It will be interesting to see how the Braves kind of deal with that new dilemma. Because I always, not the dilemma, but like just kind of the new situation they're in. Because I always felt like they fed off of the hated be, being the underdogs. Yeah. yeah. And I really felt like Brian Snicker really used that to his advantage to kind of inspire the guys. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle this. Well, it is. It's a totally different atmosphere to have the Braves essentially featured on every piece of. MLB mm -hmm. paraphernalia, whether it's their social media feeds or whatever, 
just because of Ronald Acuna Jr., but it it's it's refreshing. It's like, oh, I <laughs> I'm not used to seeing <laughs> that that A there uh amongst, you know, the Yankees and the Phillies and and the Dodgers because of course, uh you know, Mookie with Mookie getting all of the attention this week specifically. But yeah, you just uh you're not used to seeing that as much, and so it, it's nice. Sorry to interrupt you guys, but uh, we have some breaking news that MLB has officially expanded the playoffs for this season only. Uh, the actual agreement between the players and the owners, a $50 million postseason bonus pool for players with 16 teams for the year. That's double what was offered during last month's negotiations, which was $25 million. So uh, a nice chunk of change for uh, the players to be playing for when it comes to uh, what we'll see in September and October. And it also, to me, guys... It screams paramount to, like, if you don't make the postseason in Major League Baseball this season, <laughs> it could mean your job, literally. Yeah, I guess when you were talking about the numbers, all I think is that just shows you how desperate the owners were to have the 16-team playoffs because yeah. that just means so much extra money for them. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll double what you were going to get paid as long as we can have this deal done and get all of that additional TV revenue, yeah, it's well worth it for the owners and, to sign off on that deal. And, and I do wonder if they feel more confident now that it will actually happen, because when we were going through That's all these true. labor negotiations, I think part of it was that, like, you know, they didn't know for sure whether the playoffs were even going to happen, so they wanted all these kinds of backup plans or escape hatches. Yeah, exactly. So I wonder if it kind of signals that they're more, they're thinking it's more likely. And, and... To answer one question, at least for this year, the sudden death wild card game gets shelved. It is now best of three first round matchups. I like that. Or all across the board. That's no buys, no nothing. I'm going to be the one that says that's slightly disappointing, but uh, I also well, you are the you are the damn contrarian of our. <laughs> I'm, of sorry. Of us, so. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was surprised. Is... I, I, I was saying I had seen some people on Twitter saying with the Juan Soto news that he had tested positive for COVID came up, and uh, I, I was telling you guys in text before we started the show that I'd heard some people already saying, "Well, they got to postpone the game and all that." And I was really surprised, Caleb, that you were the one who was like, "No, they can't do that. They can't well, set that precedent." Well, that's yeah. That but that was the Rather thing conservative is conservative stance from you, there, Caleb. Well, no, it, it's only it's purely from a you know maybe should they because when I was and it goes back to the this all of this COVID testing stuff is the fact that we're testing guys and they're still interacting with one another and then we're finding out the results later. Just sounds like a bad idea. Just sounds like something that other major league organizations aren't doing. Or other leagues are that are being a little more successful with their testing, even though Major League Baseball's numbers have shot down, you know, to, to really low, low numbers. It is just the idea that you could test someone and he could have it and he could interact with all of his you know, teammates and not know it for a couple of days just sounds like a bad idea. But on the reverse side, when you have a 60-game season that is so dependent on finishing at a specific time, there is mm -hmm. absolutely no way that just because he is a star that you're going to to postpone the game until a later time because uh, that that's going to start happening left and right, and teams are going to start throwing up, hey, our, you know, <laughs> just... Any any opportunity that a team could to postpone a game to get an extra day of rest, they would actually absolutely you know pull that card. 
We will be watching uh, this weekend when the Braves take on the Mets for the first series. We'll actually have some baseball to react to when we talk to you next. We'll get you ready for the Tampa Bay series to begin next week when we join you next on the Batter Up podcast. If you have any questions for us, please reach out on Twitter at Willie P. Style, at Patrick 200 at ATL Johnson 18 and, of course, our radio station at 929 The Game. You've been listening to Batter Up. We have baseball, guys. It's a radio.com and 929 The Game exclusive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.